0: hey what's up world welcome to season three of snack size the podcast that will drag you into your most fabulous life it's a brand new year and it's a great time to live the life of your dreams you've got to do you because no one else can and no matter what your happy and fulfilled life looks like i want to help you get there our time together starts now Next, happy 2021 it is so good to be here with you all in this brand new year 2020 was very long and difficult but in a lot of ways full of life lessons last year we learned about making it work even though it seemed impossible listening to our loved ones and practicing self-compassion we learned how to live with each other even though we were far apart we learned when to be angry and when to forgive, when to speak up, and when to be quiet. Most importantly, we did all of these things together and we got through it. I also know that a lot of great things happened for me in 2020, and I hope that maybe you can say the same. In fact, this podcast is one of those things. So thank you for being on this journey with me. My first guest this season is a friend of mine here in the Twin Cities but is also known all over the world for his photography that explores the human form, sexuality, and identity. Through his work as a portrait photographer, he has gotten to see many different sides of many different people from all walks of life. I am really excited for you all to hear his unique perspective on living a happy and fulfilled life. Welcome to Snack Size, Ryan Coit. Let's give him a call. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to Snack Size. Hello. I am so excited to have you. Ryan has actually been a huge part of my journey because he has taken the photos of every cover of Snack Size. And we're going to get to know Ryan really close here in just a moment. But first, Ryan, I have to ask, how is your year going so far? And what are you looking forward to in 2021? Well, thank you for having me,
1: first off. And uh, my year's going well, you know. Just rolling with the punches and kind of figuring out things as we go. Obviously, life's a little bit different now, but hopefully things will start to get back to normal eventually. And as far as projects, hopefully all the stuff that got postponed in 2020 is going to (laughs) happen this year.
0: So it's definitely been a difficult year for us artists. We put a lot of work in and then all of a sudden everything just got derailed. So speaking of your projects, how did you get into photography? I had an interest in photography from a very young age. I remember
1: one of my mom's best friends was a photographer, and I just thought it was so cool. And I just was interested in that. Um, I started out with saving my money uh, from my little job and going and buying a small film camera and just, you know, taking pictures of the flowers in the yard and of friends. And I mean, I was maybe 13,
0: 14 buying that camera. So I was pretty young. Do you remember the point in your life when you said you wanted to start taking photography seriously as more than a hobby? In high school, I took photography classes
1: and I knew then I had a really strong interest for it. After high school, I was actually a Jehovah's Witness and I went door to door every day. And I remember just kind of looking at things and being like, oh, that would be great to photograph. That would be great to photograph. And then It was about a year and a half after high school, um, I looked into going to the local community college for photography, but (laughs) that was not a career that was encouraged by my family. So I looked in other areas, but eventually, fast forward down the road, I got there (laughs) and I was able to go to school for photography and learn the things that I wanted to learn.
0: That's amazing. So, you and I are pretty close. I did not know you were a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Sure was. When did you decide to step away from that? I was 19.
1: You know, I I knew that I was gay, and I knew that I wouldn't be able to come out and be myself if I stayed in the Jehovah's Witness organization. So, I
0: made a plan and got out, and it's history from there. <laughs> When you got out, would that be around the same time you continued to pursue your photography? No, it did take me, you know, a couple years because I my whole world
1: was gone. So I had to kind of restart and rebuild you know, myself, get a job, be able to pay my bills, get my feet on the ground. And so school kind of took a back burner for a minute. And then, you know, it took about three or four years, maybe um, until I was like financially like, OK, I can get my own loans. I can get my own, you know, everything.
0: It takes time. That's a really powerful story because so many artists find themselves having to break away from whatever they were doing and starting again and building from the ground up. For you, what was the biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? The biggest hurdle was just being okay with myself. At that point, it was like, I didn't care what
1: anybody else thought. I had already left, you know, and I was on my own. And now it was just Being able to look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm proud of being a gay man. I'm proud of making the choice of leaving what I knew and what was safe to explore this whole new world that was terrifying. You know, I'm 36 now and I look back at that 19 year old and I'm like, holy crap. Like, how did I have the courage to do
0: that? (laughs) So now you are internationally known for your photography. Do you remember the time that you felt was your first big success? I had an exhibit that I got to be a part of in London
1: in the end of 2015 and that was that moment where like you know you flew across the world you walked into a room and I not only got to have a collective exhibit with other queer artists at the Fringe Film Festival but they had me do a solo exhibit as like the opening party for the Fringe Festival week and that was like you can't put those type of feelings and emotions into words cuz you walk into a room and all these people are there to see what you created it's still like i've goosebumps now and it like it it just blows your mind as an artist to
0: get to experience something like that your reputation definitely precedes you for how wonderful your work is to the point where it's a little bit intimidating i remember when i worked with you the first time and didn't know you i thought you were going to have a bigger head than you do, but you're actually one of the most humble people I've known. How do you manage to keep your head on your shoulders? I guess
1: you said the word intimidated. To me, it's like, I'm just Ryan that works up in my little studio that takes pictures. And it's like, it's what I love to do. If I could do that every day and just hold the camera and not have to go through you know, all the other side of you know, trying to promote yourself and run a business and just holding that camera and shooting to me just brings so much joy. I think people see my work and you know, you make a reputation for yourself, which is great. But I I think sometimes people don't realize that side of me that like, I just genuinely love taking pictures and it brings me so much joy to do that. And one of my favorite things about portrait photography is that you get to work with somebody to create something that is not only making me feel good as an artist, but for that person that's in the photograph it gives them an opportunity to feel great about themselves too
0: i do want to go back to your work here in just a moment but there was something interesting that you said that you just want to hold the camera but then learning more of the promotion and maybe some more of the business side was a struggle how did you bring yourself to learn that side so that you could be successful well i had bills <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it's um It's hard these days because you can be an amazing artist and you can love creating and you can create tons of things. But once it's just sitting there and people can't enjoy it or you're not able to make money being an artist, it creates this weird situation. So for me, it was like, you know, a long time I just did photography for the fun of it. And then finally, I just buckled down and was like, okay, you got to figure out how to run a business because that is not how my brain works. (laughs) You know, uh, the business side of things. And really, it is a it's a full time job, essentially, because you never quit working. There's always more to do. There's always this could be redone. This website can be
0: fixed up or this, you know, it's never ending. So when we talk about your work, your portfolio is extremely diverse. Your images are super expressive and do have strong storylines. So in your opinion, what makes a good story? Well, it it kind of comes in different ways. If I'm working on a project for
1: myself, that is the easiest way because it's like, okay, these are the emotions I'm having. This is the subject matter I want to use and I'm going to use these things to create something to tell a story, hopefully, that other people can understand. But then there's also opportunities where, as an artist, you just want to create things that maybe you don't intend for people to understand. So that's a completely different category. And the third usually for me is working with somebody where they come to you and say this is kind of what i want to do what is your vision how can we make this work together and you know a lot of times i don't even think maybe either of us can know exactly what the story is going to be that is being told or the motion that's going to come out of the the images that are produced but You know, just an example, you know, I've had people come to me with items from like their cancer treatment. And they're like, you know, I want to be photographed with this to remember like the battle that I went through. What can we do? And that's where you sometimes can't describe it. You know, it's just that final image that's produced somehow, just the emotions come out. Other examples of, you know, photograph people for like their 65th birthday. And they've always wanted to do like a partially nude photo shoot and they never got the courage until they were 65 years old and then once that time comes and they put that trust in your hand as an artist you're like oh my god (laughs) Um, it's a little overwhelming it can be intimidating because you know you want that person to feel good about themselves um so it's not always a cookie cutter process um but it usually
0: still ends up with the result of cookies We can definitely tell that you work with a lot of different people. What are three things that you've learned about people from your work? Being a photographer, a portrait photographer, definitely teach you that we
1: all have insecurities. Like every single person. There is not an exception in the book. (laughs) And I guess also, I mean, we all just want to feel good and look good and present ourselves to the world in a way that we feel Sexy and beautiful, no matter what our size, shape, you know, gender, it is. It just, we all want to feel fabulous, really. <laughs> I guess the third thing for me would just kind of be the. I mean, I have it tattooed on my wrist: is we are beautiful. And I think deep down, hopefully everybody can feel that at some point. And I know sometimes it gets a little hard to remember that, you know, myself included. There's not there are days where I don't feel beautiful, but You just have to keep like reminding yourself that's kind of been a mission statement, I guess, in a way or form for my photography for quite a few years is that we all are beautiful and, you know, we all have a different, different beauty
0: to bring to the table. If you looked at all of your work, what would you say your message is to the world?
1: You know, for a few years now on my website that right at the beginning, it says individuals expressing their sexuality and identity, the innate beauty of desire, sex of life. It's enjoyable for me when I photograph people to show different humans, different body shapes, different genders. Um, because I believe that representation in my artwork, like I want it to be diverse. Um, the leather and fetish scene, I know within that category itself, you know, I remember years back, like it was just all white dudes (laughs) and in leather, and now slowly, um we're starting to see a lot more people of color, you know, a lot more um non-binary representation, trans representation and uh, also women represented and it's it's nice to see just my few years within the leather community that change kind of slowly happening. I'm I'm glad to be a part of it too, you know, like that's one thing in my photography work that I I do make a conscious effort to Make sure that I'm showcasing different humans because that
0: is, as a photographer, I believe, our job. You have always been very, very conscious and I've always appreciated that about you. And what I appreciate about you is that you put the work out there and just let it be what it is. It's not trying too hard. It's not fake. It's very much you see beauty in everything. And so that's what you're putting out there. I think that in at least our small little community, you have probably changed the way people, I guess, imagine or view in images, you know, what different communities look like. Oh, well, that's very kind of you to say. (laughs) From your experience, what advice would you have for others who may want to do the same thing or be successful in their own craft? When it goes for advice
1: for other artists, I, I mean, I have multiple artist friends and the first thing that usually always comes up in conversations is just try. You have to try. If you don't try something, it's not going to happen. Whether it's the smallest little obstacle or a huge project that you want to handle, you have to create. And as many artists, I, for myself, um, 2020 was a year that I really had to force myself to create because otherwise you go crazy. And people joke around thinking, oh, you know, artists always say they need to create to feel, you know, like they're doing something or feel alive. And, girl, it's true. If you're not creating, it's like you don't feel that drive. So for anybody that, it doesn't matter your age, if you're just young, old, if you want to create something and you feel that desire to do it, just do it. Um, and one of my favorite quotes is a Andy Warhol quote and he said, "While people are judging your art, make more or I believe it might have been <laughs> if people are deciding whether they like or dislike your art make more but the point is like make it stop worrying about what people are gonna think about it and just do it and it's scary though because you know when I first started I was always so worried well what are people gonna think what are they gonna you know if I take a picture of that are they gonna think I'm weird are they You know, why is that guy in a gas mask? Those type of things. And now it's like, I don't care what anybody thinks. If I want to take a photo of something, I take it and put it out into that world because that's just the way it has to go. And if somebody likes it, they like it. If they don't, they don't.
0: All right. So last question in your own words, what do you think the key is to a happy and fulfilled life? The key to a happy and fulfilled life is
1: kind of like we said earlier. If you want to do something, go do it. Life is 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 short and it's happening right now. Like if you are inspired by something, run with it. That's how I found happiness over, you know, especially in my 30s. It was like if I wanted to go on a trip to see something, I would go. If I wanted to create a memory with my friends, create that. If I wanted to do a certain art exhibit or a show or do a photo series on a certain topic, just do it. Um one of the One of my favorite exhibits I've ever done uh, is the We Are Trans Gallery. And it literally was me and a friend. And we were just chit-chatting about how cool it would be to have an exhibit with people's photographs and then them tell their stories. And we both just looked at each other and we're like, well, let's do it, you know. And we just did it. And it affected so many people. and was such a good, positive experience, not only for us, but for the people involved and then for the people that got to come and see the exhibit. And one of the most fulfilling moments of my entire life. You know, and it just goes back to the simple concept of if you want to do
0: it, do it. Speaking of exhibits, do you have anything planned for 2021 that we can know about now? I am still working with the Hennepin
1: Trust, um, which is the theater company down here on a few things coming up for the year. So um, there's that. And then hopefully going to be having an exhibit that was supposed to happen last year. Uh, but didn't so but i don't want to say where when or anything like that because i'm not sure of those details but my coitphotography.com has my links to everything twitter instagram facebook so all the information's there <laughs> and it will be there as soon as it's available
0: <laughs> all right well if you want to know the latest on ryan that is coitphotography.com and follow him on social media definitely check out his instagram which is what's your instagram uh, Coit Photography Quite Photography he is posting stuff all the time it's very interesting I follow it myself I highly recommend and thank you so much Ryan for coming on Snack Size and sharing your life with us it is definitely so good to have you especially since you've been such a huge part of my journey uh, well thank you so much I was happy to be here alright Snacks until next time go be fabulous Hey, Snack. Thanks for hanging out with me and listening to this episode. You can get into every episode over at www.snacksizepodcast.com. And don't forget to register for my email list so I can keep you in the loop about new episodes, sneak peeks, giveaways, and more. That's www.snacksizepodcast.com. Until next time, see you later, Snack.